Hello and welcome. My name is Alex MacPhail and this is High Performance Teams. I'm a former aerobatics display pilot from the South African Air Force and I love talking about high performance teams, what makes them work and what we can all learn from them. In the show, we talk to race pilots, professional sportsmen and women, entrepreneurs, comedians, performing artists and more. Please enjoy and remember to subscribe. Good day again, once again, welcome to Airborne, the official podcast of the World Championship Air Race. I'm very excited to have Martin Sonka with us today. Martin Sonka, the 2018 World Champion, he's also a national champion, the Czech Republic Air Force pilot. We're going to get into all the weeds about flying and high-performance airplanes, high-performance competition, racing, winning. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Hello, everyone, and hello from Czech Republic. Oh, nice. It looks, uh, from what I can see, the light coming in the room looks like a good day in the Czech Republic. Has summer started there already? Actually, yeah. I just came from, from the airport. I had a little bit of training today. And, and once we finish, I'm going back to the airport and, and, and have another training flight. And there are some aerobatic competitions finally coming this, this season. The European Championship this year. And, and uh, so, yeah, I need a little bit of training. Actually, a lot of training. <laughs> How is it? What, what training did you do today? Which aircraft were you flying? What routine were you up to? Uh, for aerobatics, I use Extra 300 SR, which is, which is beautiful aerobatic uh, single seat airplane for unlimited category. It's actually ex Peter Bechenet's airplane. So uh, now I use it. Actually, he flew like uh 25 hours with the with the airplane and and the resting 700 is mine so so it's uh i use the airplane already a few years and i love the airplane okay and that's nice yeah i've been having this conversation with a few people um over the last few weeks so what is the essential difference we're going to get into the weeds right early in this conversation an extra 300 sr there's the there's the 330 sc i mean these high performance real latest uh unlimited competition aerobatic aircraft how does that compare to the edge 540 and and the race plane like the feel or the performance or you know what is the what is the essential difference if you could sum it up easily uh the, the version sr actually i think there were built only two pieces of this airplane i think if i remember correctly one was uh used by by peter bichonet in red bull air race and another one uh, by uh, nicolas ivanov from france and uh, they both are uh, now they they are using for uh, for uh, or being or they are being used for for aerobatic. And uh, I think Peter he flew just three races with the with the airplane, and then he, I think he switched to to Edge. So uh, there's even though it looks similar for somebody who is not like. Uh, uh, too much in aviation, it looks very, very similar, but uh, but there are actually big differences. Uh, the airplane is not that fast, not that smooth. Uh, uh, the edge, especially the versions we have now, super tuned versions for for air racing. It's uh, it's simply it's gaining so quickly speed and accelerating very fast, which is something. Uh, with full power, what we use for aerobatics, but if we 
cut the idle, cut the the engine to idle, we need to slow down. And 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 the edge, he's he still wants to fly fast. So so it's not that good for for aerobatics. I mean I mean the versions V3 and the the air race versions we have with super small canopy and and shorter landing gear, wing tips and so on. Uh, it's quite reduced uh, view out from the out from the cockpit. Uh, so uh, because during air racing, we mainly look just into the front and and up during the, the pull up maneuvers. And uh, during aerobatics, actually most of the time we look somewhere to the back on the vertical. If you need to to rotate like one and a quarter roll upwards so with the sky uh, blue sky you don't see there the, the the one and a quarter and if you want to stop it in like exactly one degree precision you have to look behind you and uh, so you need much bigger canopy with better view uh, like to your back so uh, yeah so that's the like the main difference for me for me uh, we use a little smaller rudder and elevator uh, actually, my the uh, the SR I'm using it still has the, the the racing smaller rudder. So so for the classic aerobatics, it's it's okay, but especially for freestyle, it's a little disadvantage for me. I would prefer like much much bigger rudder, at least the original, which is uh, like the, the size which SC is using, because it's more or less SC. It's just SR's racing version. It's uh, there's one one fuel tank less to to save some weight of the airplane and and so on. But uh, yeah, uh, the Edge it's it's built on the on the base of the aerobatic competition aerobatic airplane. But with all the modifications we have, it's it's simply just special tool for air racing and and. Uh, it's uh, very difficult to convert the airplane to back to the aerobatic version and very expensive. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, from what I hear in your summary there, that, that was a wonderful summary of it. So uh, the evolution is that there were competition aerobatic aircraft in the beginning that was then created yeah. into a, um, a racing version with aerobatics in the, in the beginning stages of Red Bull air races. There was a little bit of aerobatic maneuvers involved in the racing. And as it went on to more sort of pure racing, you don't need such big control surfaces at the back. Obviously, you want to maneuver quickly, but the main thing is speed and not losing speed. But in competition, uh, the, the ability to slow down quickly is still a requirement. The ability to have big control surfaces is a requirement. So there's been quite a, a shift in now the two, the unlimited competition aerobatic aircraft. Although it looks in the same form factor, it's, it's quite a different beast altogether. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's okay. Great. So there's a lovely picture behind you. What is this aircraft behind you there? Your Red Bull. It's it's my Edge actually. It's my it's my Edge uh, 540 or our Edge, and uh, I got the the painting after winning the World Championship title. So so I like the picture. It re <laughs> it remembers the the beautiful season 2018 uh, we had with uh, with all our fans and 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 my team and so on. So. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great painting and a nice celebration. Obviously, the memories that go with it must be uh, you know exactly. something you're never going to forget. But before we get yeah. too deep into it, I want to come back to this painting later on. I want to just backpedal a little bit. So uh, let's talk about the formative years and and where it was that aviation bug caught you. We we're a similar age and uh, started flying at a similar time, you and I. But where was your um, in, in the sort of late teens and that time of life where you start tracking down where you want to go 
how did the aviation bug get you? Like, uh, like how I started with, with flying or? or... Yeah, what, what, the, the process before how you started, you know, when you were 15, 16, 17 years old, uh, wondering <laughs> what can I do in life? Uh, were you exposed? Is there someone in your family that flies? Was there a friend? Did you go to air shows? Where did that, um, those thoughts come from? Um, actually, uh, I'm the very first pilot in, in our family. Uh, only my father was a huge fan of aviation, or he is still a big fan of aviation. So uh, with a lot of books at home and in his bookshelf, so I was actually staring into the, into the books. And, and uh, uh, when I was really small, I looked just on the, on the pictures of, of uh, those airplanes there. And, and then I read all the books and, and uh, probably somewhere there when I was five, six old years, uh, uh, six years old, uh, that was kind of like a start of my love into aviation, into the shape of the airplanes and, and so on. And uh, so actually since that age, I started with uh, modeling, uh, airplane models, uh, and um, very often because because my hometown hometown is very close to to local aero club airport. So um, very often during the weekends we went to the the aero club uh, with our small airplanes, uh, throwing them into the into the wind and into the into the air. And uh, I always look on the real airplanes, and I started like with the. With the ideas like yeah one day i would like to 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 fly like these guys and and because i read all the books uh uh actually the the, the real dream was to be a fighter pilot to be a military pilot and uh when i was 17 i just just took all my money i had i came uh there at the at the airport again and and uh, I, I like told them like if uh, or asked them if they could uh give me a ride and uh, in whatever airplane and they asked me like how much do you have and I said like ah, 500 grams uh, okay so it's not that much so uh, yeah okay so they pushed out the uh, a, a glider it's a checkmate glider uh, it's called Vivat L13 Vivat uh, two seater one seat next to each other I, we flew 15 minutes and, and I was just just amazed and immediately once we landed uh, I wanted to sign into a pilot training and uh, they said, oh, yeah, you know, it's summer and normally we, you need to uh, go through the theory lessons, which we normally do on winter. So actually you'll start flying next year. And I said, oh, okay, so I definitely want to sign in, but that, do you have something quicker, how to get uh, easier, how to get uh, back to the air? Uh, and they said, yeah, you can start to, uh, to jump with parachute. So I said, ah, okay, so let's uh, let's start this. And and uh, yeah, one week later, I was jumping from the airplane with a parachute, and uh, and I love it as well. It's it's beautiful sport actually. Mm. And uh, and the next year, I started with gliders, and then I'm uh, was lucky because because I managed to 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 uh, to get into uh, the military academy to study at the military academy, and I actually. Since that, I have spent 17 years in the in the Air Force as a military pilot. Okay. Well, besides the parachute jumping, I was not any long thinking. Wow, this is a, this sounds very familiar to me. So, uh, also when I was about six years old, uh, my father had lived in the UK at the time, and we travelled from South Africa, my sister and I. 
So I got exposed to uh, 747s traveling inter internationally and would sit in the cockpit and look at all the buttons and just think this was an amazing life. So that was the six-year-old exposure and then carried on with the excitement and the passion. And when I was 17, I was given a 20-minute flight for my birthday and then uh, uh, thought this was it. And then uh, again, also applied to the Air Force. So I didn't do the jumping, but then uh, went to the Air Force after that too. And uh, so there was a lot of similarities. And tell me, in the in the Czech Air Force, did you uh, did you excel in your course and get selected in a lot of in a lot of the Air Forces? You, in order to get into the fighter line, you have to be in the top area of you know the top positions in your class to get there. Was that something that came naturally for you? Actually, uh, it's a. Uh... Not every every year it's uh, it's not the similar the the Air Force or the uh, the military academy uh, they they change the the studying program a little bit uh, but the, when I was actually uh, starting my studies there I knew from the very beginning that I'm studying as a military pilot a few years after uh, we had like uh, I think the similar uh, like a uh, uh, program is in, in United Air Force Academy. I think that when, and many others, when uh, the, the young people, the young soldiers, they don't know where they end up actually uh, at the end of the, of the studies. And after two, three years, the, the best ones, for example, are selected being a pilot or whatever, or, but uh, 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 in my case, it was I, I knew that if I will finish the the university, I will I will be a military pilot, which was much much easier. And uh, and now, for example, I'm still flying as an instructor with uh, with uh, young military uh, pilots, and those are which they came to the uh, to the academy, or it's now it's University of Defense. It's it's renamed. And they didn't know what they will actually uh, be as a as a profession at the end of, of the studies, and uh, I don't know if this is this is the best uh, version or scenario because there are some people which are simply not one hundred percent into aviation because we were like like fanatics into aviation and we all in my class we all wanted to be a pilot. These guys, they they come to uh, you know university, and and during the studying, and there they decide like, oh, okay, so what about yeah, I'm I'm quite good in at school with the with all the exams, so so what about to be a pilot? But they never flew, for example. So yes. so I don't know if this is the the the, the very best uh, scenario, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's how I started with the. Uh, uh, with the with the with the flying or being a pilot, but that's interesting because uh, that's another thing in common with air forces and militaries around the world is that you can be sure that that version will change again in three or four years' time. They'll try a new program and a new method. You know, the, yeah. in the South African Air Force, they had a, a trainer aircraft, the Harvard, the Texan, and everyone went through the Harvard, and then they changed it to do well. You do half the course on the Harvard, and then you get streamed to fighters or transport or helicopters, and then they change it. There's no Harvard, and you go straight on to the fighters, and then they change it. So every few years, the thing changes. Yeah. So you'll be sure, Martin, at some point, this version will change again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we were actually divided into into three groups, like as you say, like into to fighter 
uh, fighter pilots, transport pilot, and, and helicopter pilots as well. But it was done during the <clears throat> during the, uh, the the practical training, the the, the pilot training, according to how how good you were in the in the airplane, plus how good you were in the, at school uh, during the the school exams and the theory and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you you ended up streamed in the in the fighter line and. Uh... And right away, was it what you had hoped it was going to be? I mean, everyone's starry-eyed kids want to be a fighter pilot, but is it what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was. It was just just one one aim, one goal to be a fighter pilot, and uh, I had no alternative scenarios. <clears throat> I just I just wanted to be a fighter pilot, and, and yeah, I knew that I have to be uh, good at school and and good at. Uh, during the, the 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 pilot training and so on and i was very lucky that i was selected and and yeah and it was just my my fulfilling of fulfilling of my childhood dream i just just i would pay money for such a job and i got my salary so yeah it was amazing <laughs> it is incredible and a long way it continue for the generations that come that's one of these questions you get asked all the time all around the world, military's budgets are being cut. People don't like the idea of war, et cetera, and they want to reduce this, the government spending on military. And so naturally, the armed services get less and less funding. The, the base walls aren't as well painted, and there's fewer aircraft available. The squadrons are reduced. The flying hours are reduced. There's no fuel, et cetera. But then people ask me, you know, you spent 10 years in the Air Force. Would you recommend it to my son who's 17? I say, absolutely, because... The Air Force is not about the wall. It's not about the airplane. It's about the people and the training and, and the experience. And yes, I would pay for it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I, I just love every single day I spend in the Air Force. I just, just remember with very nice memories. Of course, there were some up and downs as always. But, but uh, yeah, I spent very, very nice uh, years in, in, in the Air Force. I would not change it. And in the last couple of years, you were flying in the, in the Gripen. That's a wonderful airplane. We have them in South Africa as well. So tell me yeah. about your tour flying the fourth generation fast jet fighters. Wonderful. Yeah, it was just just yeah the the, the peak of uh, of my military career. Uh, uh, we started flying with with the Zlin one four two basic training. After that, like seventy hours, we were selected who will fly jets, who will fly transport airplanes, helicopters. Then L twenty nine Delphine which is very old checkmate uh, trainer. Lovely. And we were actually the very last uh, class uh, flying this airplane. And those airplanes were retired after, once we finished the tra pilot training. Then L39 Albatross, L159 Alka, and, and, and the S39 Gripen. And, and of course, the, <clears throat> all the airplanes before were subsonic. Mm -hmm. And Gri Gripen is, is two mag supersonic uh, fighter jet. So uh yeah it was it was incredible flying uh i always when i lined up on the on the runway i loved that that view those i don't know 2.5 kilometer long runway sitting in the beautiful cockpit uh i always looked behind me on those beautiful delta shaped wings and and mm -hmm. i said like wow it's it's incredible i'm really sitting here and uh, and now i just just push the the throttle forward and and i can take off into the stratosphere so so yeah i really loved it and and uh and the yeah the airplane is of course multi-purpose uh airplane so all the training of all the dogfights and tactics and everything is just just every military pilot must love it it's just 
you feel like a like a like a like a really like like a boy uh having really really expensive toy <laughs> <laughs> the older you get the more expensive the toys get but they're still toys boys and their toys <laughs> exactly so Martin, at what point along this journey did you start in the competition aerobatics or small aircraft aerobatics um, where did that fit in in your career actually it uh my love into aerobatics started uh, at the very beginning of my pilot training, uh, already during the, the glider uh, pilot training uh, here in Tabor at my home uh, airport. Uh, already during the basic training where you need to perform some, some spins, spins recovery, tail slide and so on. So, so I just realized that all these maneuverings is what I love the most, even like more than just fly straight or, uh, and I still fly gliders actually. And I love uh, cross country flying with, with gliders, uh, climbing in the, in, the, in the thermal streams. <clears throat> but yeah, from the very beginning, the aerobatics uh, flying upside down and so on. So it was just, uh, just what I love the most. So, when I had enough hours to, to make my aerobatic uh, license on gliders first, so I, I did so. Uh, when I had the, the aerobatic training, my instructor said like, yeah, now, now you have the aerobatic training, so you should go and compete in aerobatics. So, so I went to compete at the, our nationals in the, the basic categories and, and then uh, the, uh, the more difficult ones. And, uh, and in the Air Force, we started with uh, with the powered uh, airplanes, and uh, and with aerobatics as well as a part of the training. And again, like I just just was really really sure that that the maneuvering is something I love. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so when I was actually when I finished the the university, the studies at the university, I had already my civilian pilot license as well, and I started with with the powered aerobatics as well. So so. Actually, in those years, right after my studying uh, studies at the at the military academy, uh, I was competing in glider aerobatics simultaneously with the powered aerobatics. Okay. And then one day, uh, uh, our Czech national aerobatic trainer called me on my phone. I, uh, we had just flying action in uh, in the military. And uh, I was just rushing into to, into like uh, for another flight, and, and he said like, oh, just very quickly, I have one one spot for in the Czech national team. So so would you like to join the and and be part of the Czech national aerobatic team? And I said, wow, of course. And and it was 2005, and uh, and since then I'm I'm in the in the Czech national team one year in advanced uh, category, flying Zlin 50, and then. Uh, uh, we had before Sukhois, the, the Russian Sukhois 31 with the ejection seat, very nice airplane, very good aerobatic airplane. So since 2006, I'm competing in, in unlimited category. Uh, the Sukhois first and last last nine years, the extra. Okay, well, it sounds like an amazing thing to be doing on the side, representing your, your country in the aerobatics, representing your country in the military, you know, fast uh, flying fighter aircraft, flying competition. They're quite different aircraft, but both of them, yeah, a lot of joy out of flying both those types of aircraft. Both of them very maneuverable, but but yeah. quite different disciplines too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, during the week, I, I was serving in, in the Air Force 
And at the weekends, I was competing in aerobatics or, or training aerobatics. And I know I, it was just, again, like uh, I loved that life on the, at the airport. And, and I just moved from one airport, from the military airport to civilian, to, to our club, practicing the, uh, the, the aerobatics. So, uh, yeah, and even though it's just that much different, it's still, it gives you many, uh, uh, many things as for pilot which you can use actually uh, vice versa in the in the other type of the airplane and uh, and it's just experience and and uh, as yeah the better you or the, the more you fly the the better for you as a, as a pilot it's just more experience with and with all the gliders and so on uh, it was just great school for me as as a pilot and still is actually I'm sure it's added a lot to your skill set and uh, your story sounds similar in a way to Matt Hall, where he also got involved in, in competition aerobatics while flying yeah. fighters still in the Air Force. It's not a very common thing, certainly where I stay. Uh, I can't think of anyone who was that sort of involved in competition aerobatics while still in the Air Force. Is it common where you are? Do people do that quite a lot or are you also an outlier doing fighters? Actually, no, it's not It's not very common. Uh, actually, there were, there were, I think, Two more uh, like active aerobatic pilots uh, uh, flying in the Air Force, and uh, but they they were they were not like that much active as me. I was really like pushing and 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 uh, I was really just just uh, aviation right. fanatic. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, we were maybe three, and and they were just yeah, uh, and they were actually not part of the. Of the Czech national team, so so they were competing just on the local championships. So uh, they didn't have to uh, like uh, solve uh, the those days off because of having a, a world championship uh, in in United States, for example, for two three weeks and so on. So so it was a little bit more difficult for me, but but I always used my my holidays uh, instead of. You know, traveling with my family uh, to 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 see uh, an ocean or whatever, and spend the, those two weeks on the beach. So we spent beautiful two weeks at the airport during my competition. So yeah, sure, <laughs> family helped me a lot. We're still gonna have a trip. We're still gonna see the world, but we're not going to. A beach. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's even better than than a beach. <laughs> Much better. And did your, your family quite happy with this arrangement? Do they enjoy it? Are they all bought into to flying around the world and seeing more flying? Yeah, yeah, um, it's a it's a huge advantage for me that that uh, my family, my wife, and it's uh, it just it makes the my life uh, very easy uh, regarding uh, or as it regards the my profession because uh, I think they they love to spend time at the airport and my kids actually are growing up at the airport and and flying with me always uh, 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 when it's possible to fly with me and they love it so yeah it's a uh, i'm very lucky from from this this point of view because yeah sometimes uh even even good pilots uh if they don't have such a background it's it's very difficult for them to to, to compete or we're just to do what they love and so on and to manage your time accordingly yeah okay so then uh, you build from strength to strength and you join the the, the national team you start carrying on uh, unlimited um, and and tell me about the journey then from this competition aerobatics to getting involved in the Red Bull Air Races, because you were involved uh, in 2010, was that right when you started? 
Yeah, I joined the Red Bull Aries 2010, and uh, and uh, it was it was uh, 2007. We had uh, World Championship uh, uh, in uh, in Spain in Granada, and uh, there was I I landed from from one competition flight, and there was a guy uh, from the United States, and he said, Ah. Uh, do you know what Red Bull Air Race is, and and uh, do you watch uh, the the Air Race? Do you follow somehow the the race? And I said, yeah, yeah of course, because all like uh, uh, the amazing pilots, like uh, I was like uh, you know uh, looking on them and and cheering for them. They were competing there, and and uh, and suddenly there was a guy actually offering me. Uh, a, like a, a, a place or uh, giving me the offer to to be part of the qualification for the for the Red Bull Aries. He said like, yeah, I like how you fly and so on. And and what about uh, to 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 try to get into the Red Bull Aries? So it was two thousand seven, and uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, I would love to. I love to try to to get there. And uh, and he said, yeah, you know, it's uh, next year. The the group of the of the of the potential air race pilots, it's full already. And it was a group of uh, Matthias Dolder and, and and Pete McLeod, Matt, and so on, Yoshi. And uh, so so he like said, yeah, you have to wait one year more. So 2008 uh, qualification is closed already. 2009 you can join the the group there. So so I joined the 2009 uh, qualification group. And at the end of 2009, uh, we were five people there. Two, we got the super license, and uh, and I was lucky with the with the other guy, which was uh, Adelson Kendelman from from Brazil. And uh, we both were very lucky because because there were two free seats in the in the series for 2010. So so in 2010, we we both uh, joined the Red Bull Aries. So that's like a whole new discipline. You've done gliding, you've done gliding aerobatics, competition aerobatics, national team, fighter pilot, and now another avenue's opening up. I mean, just the way yeah. you speak passionately about all things flying, it sounds like this must have been just a, another thing you could just sink your teeth into it and lean in hard. Tell me about that journey getting going, the 2010, and it all starts and you, you've got a license and, and you've got a spot too. Yeah, I was just uh, incredibly happy uh, having the super license and... Uh, and uh yeah but but yeah we were told like like yeah you, it's not you have the super license but uh we don't know yet uh how long time you you have to wait to to get your seat in the series and uh so it was i think it was i think 3rd uh december 2009 when they called us like okay so you're in for the next season in mid february we want you to to report you have your team you have your airplane ready for uh for the first race in march in in uh in uh, abu dhabi uh okay. and uh yeah i was a i was a soldier spending all my money i i made in in the as a salary in the air force spending them uh, for the aerobatic training so so on my account was zero and uh and it was kind of like a uh, a mission <laughs> to to get ready for for uh, uh, the series. I 
I actually, because Mike Mangold was was finishing, uh, he quit in the 2009 in in the in the Red Bull race. So I actually uh, managed to 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 arrange uh, uh, with him like how to buy his airplane because his airplane was uh, uh, there's not many airplanes uh, you can buy for for like uh, Red Bull Aries for or for Aries. Uh, every team is is working hard on the on the airplane, so the only chance is to buy the the airplane from somebody racing in the, in the in the area. So, so Mike Mangold helped me a lot uh, in this uh, American pilot, and uh, and yeah. So uh, I don't know. It was like uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was pressure. I uh, didn't have my. Uh, didn't have my U.S. license, so so in those days uh, I had to uh, travel to the United States to make, make my uh, CPL FAA CPL, which American license because I had only Europe, European license. So yeah, it was it was it was kind kind of tough job, but but I reported uh, mid February that uh, we're ready with my, with my team. And and then it was just you know the first season it's uh, the first races it was amazing just 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 stand on the on the airport on the race airport and and see all the incredible names on the on the hangar yeah. on all the hangars and and one of them uh, is mine so yeah. <laughs> being my my name in such a such a company so it was it was great. And uh, but we had to learn a lot from the very beginning. They said like, yeah, you know, the first season is just you can just get uh, you know experience, just just look around what what and how uh, the people around are doing things, and uh, and of course, but you at the same time you you, you don't want to be there like just just uh, you want to race. You you want to be somebody who is who is uh, fighting for for good positions. And uh, and yeah, that was the next year uh, was about like getting experience, uh, trying to, to to race faster, faster. And then after one one season, uh, actually the, the the Red Bull Aries uh, was stopped. So I was there just one year, and there was uh, a break, three years break, three years. and then we started again in 2014. So yeah, it was it was so I uh, like uh, was in the Air Force back in the Air Force flying with, with the jets, and uh, and and we started again 2014 the, the new generation uh, Red Bull Airs. Okay, so just going back to that, a uh, couple of questions about that. So you bought Mike Mangold's aircraft. What, what aircraft was that? That wasn't the H540 yet, was it? Yeah, it was H540. Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes. Is that, is that the same aircraft you're operating today? No, no. Okay. It's uh, this edge. It's it was V two version. Okay. It was uh, it was the the older version, and uh, and I used the the airplane just 2010, starting 2014. Uh, this airplane uh, was using uh, uh, the Challenger class in in Red Bull Aries. Yeah. So uh, they used my airplane and. Uh, I actually bought the, the very new airplane from from Zivco Aeronautics, the the V3 version. Okay. Uh, we used it, I think, one one or two seasons, and uh, and then then uh, uh, 
Peter Bechene, he he quit also as a as a race pilot, and uh, and uh, I was as a, as a, as a branded athlete already starting uh, 2011, uh, Red Bull branded athlete, mm-hmm. and uh, and now there was a, a like a Red Bull guy leaving leaving the the series, and we uh, like uh, after him we replaced him as a, as a Red Bull team, so uh, starting. I think 2016 or 15. I don't remember exactly. Uh, we starting uh, started using his airplane actually. So the airplane again, as the as the the same uh, story as the extra, is ex Peter Bechenay's airplane. So I'm actually collecting uh, Peter Bechenay's airplanes, old Peter Bechenay's airplanes, and uh, but it's fine. <laughs> I like them. He always has very good airplanes. So. So yeah. long may it last. Okay, so you answered one of my questions already there about being a Red Bull athlete. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's quite a privilege to be a Red Bull athlete. So you were a branded athlete before, but you weren't the Red Bull team. And then when Peter left, then you could be not only a branded athlete, but the Red Bull branded team as well. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I was brand, Red Bull branded athlete for, for aerobatics. So so the extra I fly is, is Red Bull branded for aerobatic competitions and, and for air shows and so on, exhibitions. Um, I was already uh, Red Bull athlete, but but in in uh, Red Bull areas, I was just with with no with no branding, just some local uh, Czech uh, brandings there, and uh, but not the whole team. And and when Peter left, actually, that, so I had another uh, incredible call from mm-hmm. from Red Bull because it uh, I actually it, it was funny story uh, because. Um, uh, uh Peter Bechene, he had beautiful canopy on his new uh, V3. And uh, on my V3, there was the original, even though it was V3, so but but the canopy was still quite big. And I I loved his canopy, super slick, racy canopy. And yes. and uh, so I asked uh, uh Eric Ziftko from Zipko Aeronautics, could you produce a similar canopy for me? And he said, like, ah, you know, the owner of the license is Red Bull. So, so you have to call to Red Bull if they will allow you to uh, allow you to, to, to have such a canopy. So I called to Red Bull and, and uh, they said, ah, okay, uh, you know, wait a, wait a few days and, and we'll let you know. So I was waiting a few days and, and a few days uh, later, I was in sitting in it was I think 2 a.m. sitting in a in taxi in Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, for I was competing on jet surf, which is the, the powered board racing on, on the water. Mm-hmm. And we had a competition there. So I was super tired sitting in the taxi 2 a.m. And uh, and I had a call from 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 Red Bull and they asked me, like, uh, do you still need the, the canopy for uh, for your race plane, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, I still would love to have th- such a canopy, and uh, and they said, uh, what about like uh, if we give you the, the the whole airplane with the with the canopy, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I said, yeah, wow, of course, yeah. So and they explained like uh, that there is a, such a such a plan to to uh, Peter left, and uh, I will replace him as a as a team. So yeah, it was it was r- really another amazing call. 
uh, which yeah. I had in my life. A perfect, perfect opportunity and timing as well. Wow, that worked out. Exactly. Worked out yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so I sold the airplane to to Peter Kopstein, the another Czech uh, Czech pilot who raced in uh, in Red Bull Air Race. And so he had my 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 airplane, and uh, um, I was racing the the Peter Bessening. Okay, well that sounds good. I also just wanted to go back to that time. So I mean, very exciting to get into 2010. Now you're racing, and there was no Challenger class then, and you straight into the the main Master class, yeah. uh, which is a great opportunity. But but then you know guns blazing, ready for that season. And at the end of the year, it must have felt like a bit of a letdown that that all came down to a pause for three years. You know, not yeah. again in 2011. So, do you keep your airplane? Do you keep your team? What do you do in that time? Obviously, you go back to you stay working as an Air Force pilot. But what, practically, what do you do with all this other kit? Actually, just just starting in the in the uh, in the Red Bull Race 2010 and and before, we had no Challenger classes, as you said. Mm -hmm. So so before the the first race in Abu Dhabi, I spent just we had just uh, we had few uh, few few qualification camps during the the the, the previous year uh, but the very last one week training camp was actually flying in the in the track so we had one week experience flying in between the pylons and we went uh, racing uh, in master class in in Abu Dhabi so so it was really really tough yeah and uh, so it's it's like a proof how how quickly and how how the sport was developing and improving everything uh, where we were actually at the end of, of 2019. Mm -hmm. It was just just with every every year was visible how how the the sport is is improving, and uh, and uh, and I'm sure it will proceed this way uh, in the future again because it's just just so much there's so much potential in in, in the sport. And uh, and after the break, yeah, I was in the the Air Force. I still had my old uh, uh, airplane. And when we got the information that that, that the, they plan like a restart of the of the of the the Red Bull Air Race, yeah, I like had to like find out like what airplane will we raise and so on. And and I knew that this airplane is is slow already for for the for the master class. So so yeah. Uh, I managed to sell the 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 plane to to uh, the organizers of the of the Red Bull Airways as a as a Challenger class airplane, which give, gave me some some money for to to be able to to, to buy a new V3. So so I actually ordered uh, the new V3, which was built just before uh, the start of the season 2014. So we started with the with the V3. Uh, version and uh, and uh, and regarding the team, 2010, it was just just actually it was just me, my brother Joseph as a team coordinator, and uh, and we had a, a Gordon New, uh, which uh, was our technician, and uh, and starting 2014, we actually at the beginning we were four people, and and after or during the first season 2014 we were uh, five people and we still have the same team. Uh, uh, me, my brother, uh, Ivan Krakora, which is the, the media and PR manager in, in our team, Petr Frantis, who is a, he's a guy with everything, electronic, simulator and so on, which, which 
uh, is super important part of the preparation is a simulator. So Peter Frantich is is, uh, is a guy responsible for this uh, as a tactician, and and Lance Winter. Uh, so he's with us since 2014. So and since that uh, time, we still have the same same team, and and I'm actually very proud of it, and, and I like every single member of, of my team, and uh, and uh, I love to cooperate with them. So yeah, I never I never kicked anybody out from from my team. Uh, nobody left yet. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, so yeah, and hopefully we will start again with the, with the same team. That's wonderful. It must be a, a wonderful thing to to be able to share this with your brother. Does he also fly? Uh, actually, just with me. He's he's uh, since uh, many years ago. He's uh, always saying he will start his pilot training. But he's just talking about it <laughs> because he actually he, he can fly whenever he wants actually with me. Yeah. So he doesn't need the, the license. So uh, no, just just as, as a passenger with me or when I'm tired, he's actually uh, having the controls and and he can steer the airplane with no problem. But but he doesn't have the license. Okay, he, he hasn't quite understood that feeling of that first solo yet. You know, there's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He, solo, he, oh, many solos, but that first one, if you haven't had a license, but you fly a lot, there's quite exactly. a big difference when you, when you talk around and your instructor is no longer on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a story from, from our air club that there was a, a girl and they put a, a, a voice recorder into, uh, and she didn't know. They put it on the backseat of, of her glider. Uh, flying the first solo and and wow. it was very funny to listen what she what she said about instructor with which which was not there at the moment he was on, on the so and the instructor he was listening the uh, the, the the record and he, he heard not very nice words about himself so yeah she, she was happy flying the airplane uh, alone without that stupid guy behind her and so on so that was like the story of the of the voice record oh that's funny that's a good one Oh, so Martin, it sounds it sounds great that you can have a team of uh, of five that's still together after all this time. Um, I want to talk about the, the the period where you're back into racing. You've built up your team. 2014 got better. 2015 got even better. Your team's bigger and stronger, and you start gearing up. And uh, in 2017, you're the runner up. Now, tell me, you sort of uh, your thought process is a you're obviously gunning to try and do as well as you can in 2017, but you get the runner up. Uh, second place is good, but it's also, it's almost sometimes second place can be worse than third place because you were so close. <laughs> but tell me about your your mood and your approach to life and racing at the end of 2017 and how are you going to tackle 2018 when you did actually become champion? Yeah, we were, we were actually very, very close to, to, to the title in 2017 and we lost it in the very last flight of the, of the season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, it was just, uh, I'm, I'm, I can say I'm super competitive person from the from my childhood. But uh, but of course you you need to, even though second place it's not, it's a, uh, it's yeah it's it's first guy who is losing actually, but but uh, or who lost. But uh, but second place is still amazing in the world championship, of course. But but if if the if the goal is so close, of course there is. Must be a little bit of disappointment uh, by getting the the second, but it was just uh, it was experience, mm -hmm. and uh, 
and it definitely prepared the the whole team uh, even better for 2018. And it was again uh, now I can say funny, but but in the beginning of 2018 it was definitely not funny because because we started uh, the season with two DQs for for incorrect uh, ignition and uh, and uh, uh, having the over rpm in at the start of the of the race in in uh, calm and and we were dq'd both both uh, uh, races mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so we lost some points there so it was the beginning of of our season and uh, the campaign yeah and i i said like it's it's in it's impossible, and it was just just uh, both were just uh, just our own technical mistake that we didn't check the the magnetos. We we didn't program correctly the the servo system, uh, which is like uh, uh, keeping the the correct RPM in in the during the track. So so we had like I don't know two seconds uh, longer. Uh, I don't know a few RPM over, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it was just just experience. And and at the end, when we when we gain the uh, and, and reach the the world championship title in that season, after all this all this uh, uh, problems at the at the beginning of, of the season, it was just even even uh, like sweeter victory, yeah? sweeter and more amazing than than just having a super great uh, super great uh, season. And we won in the. In the mid-season, we won three years, three races in a row, and uh, and it was just just incredible. Yeah, yeah. how we managed to uh, to to just concentrate, throw everything uh, behind, and, and just being concentrated with what we have to do in in the next race. It's just it's just incredible, and it was incredible season. And and we again we won the the title. By the very last flight of the of the season, uh, I was actually third uh, in the before the, the last race. There was Mikey Gullian and, and Mad Hall in front of me. Uh, we managed to beat Mikey in round of eight, so there was still Matt in front of us in 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 the final four, and uh, and uh, and he fl- he flew just before me. I was the very last pilot of the whole season, and he was the second last. He flew super fast time, and uh, and we still beat beat him. The only chance was to beat him and win the whole uh, race uh, to be the world champions, and, and we beat him. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was really, really, really amazing. That sounds incredible. I mean, even just sitting here thinking about it, it's uh, you know, certainly for me, my heart rate gets a little bit faster, and I get excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mine too. Always when I when I when I'm watching the the video of the the last flight of the season, it's just like again I'm sitting in the cockpit and and I'm having the same same feeling. Yes. And um, tell me, what, did you change anything? So I mean, obviously there was a big disappointment if it was in the last flight and the last race of the year, and you and you just didn't make the the title 2017. What did you change in your approach or your team or your tactics? I know you started with the two DQs in 2018, but but did you go into the season with some new approach? Uh, after after uh, we developed very good simulator, uh, Peter Francis, the, the member of of, uh, of my team, he developed actually his own simulator from the very beginning, and and it was a, a big help. And we started somewhere around two thousand. 
16, I think, using the, uh, the simulator. In such a version, we had uh, at the end, and uh, and it's it's a it's a great help because of the uh, uh, the system when we actually leave the, the the race airplane in one corner of the world in in Asia, for example, traveling by airline home, and we see the airplane in in three four weeks again, we have no chance to practice fly the airplane. And again, just week before the or a few days before the race, we, we fly the airplane. So flying in in between, fly uh, the simulator, practice with the simulator, especially with the with the uh, with the different wind directions, which is a huge factor for for uh, the air race, uh, which and how strong the uh, the wind blows. And uh, so it was great help and. Uh, and I would say uh, not just mine, but but uh, the whole team, like uh, the mental setup, we we somehow got into the the position when we when we already had quite a lot of experience. It's it's more or less impossible to just come into the um, the, the Red Bull Airways before and 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 the, the World Championship Airways now. And and think about winning from the very beginning. Of course, you you can succeed in in one race, two race, but but succeed in in the whole season. It's it's it needs a lot of experience. And and the the, the scenario with the with the challenger class, it's it actually it makes it much much easier for the newcomer uh, for the newcomers for the newcoming pilots. So we simply just got into the position when we I was actually very calm. I, I managed to 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 work with my uh, with my brain uh, quite well, and uh, and you need all those up and downs to get into such a position. And and suddenly I was just just uh, uh, I was able to to fly the airplane, even though it was just the very last flight of the whole season, uh, winning the champ uh, title or not. And I was absolutely calm. I didn't uh, feel any pressure. And uh, yeah, that was actually the, the the position and the and the strength actually, which which gave us the the opportunity to to actually reach much higher uh, uh, results or 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 yeah to get to the podium in in, in uh, some of the reasons. Yeah. Now, if you talk to lots of uh, top athletes, that that sense of calmness, that sense of flow. It really is quite a key aspect to be able to deliver. If yeah. you're holding on, if you're holding on tight, and you you know you're a little bit more tense, and you're really pushing for something. You you don't have the same perspective, and certainly in you know situational awareness and all those things with your performance. But what you described at the beginning of the year, starting with the two DQs, um, it it also makes me think we had that conversation with Matt recently, where he hit the water in Detroit, and after that he decided things had to change, and and very quickly they did change, and with, within a short time he was world champion. Did did these two DQs? Uh, I mean, so you started the season well. You said you 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 developed the simulator nicely. With those two DQs, did you have a team talk and say, guys, we need to we need to pull this together? With it. We, we if we have any chance, I and mean, we were so close to winning it last year, we can't start like this. What was the mood in the camp after those first two races? Uh, yeah, I don't want to blame anybody, but but uh, the the second uh, and even more painful DQ. In Khan was uh, was issue of of Peter Frantisch, uh, my very good friend, a very nice guy, uh, super clever, huge help for the team, but uh, 
but he made a mistake in the programming of the of the servo system and uh, and uh, and the race before because because weight is is uh, is super important and a, and a big factor in in air racing and uh, every kilo on top is just disadvantage and because I'm quite tall so so my body weights something more than than Yoshi's for example sure. and uh, so I had to reduce my weight to very minimum and and those three four weeks before uh, uh, racing Khan I had a s special diet I tried to lose every every <laughs> microgram uh, from my body to don't uh, carry uh, the weight, the extra weight during the, the race. So it was very painful for me. And uh, and during, the, uh, for example, a lunch during the the, the pre pre race days, my team they were just just you know have, they had a lot of food and and uh, making joke jokes you know on me like ah oh, yeah take some some one more uh, tomato and and <laughs> not more and. Uh, and we got the the the, the penalty with the DQ. So I was just really, really, really disappointed. <laughs> and the very first uh, very first thing I I did uh, when we left the the airport, I stopped by uh, one of uh, the fast food restaurants, and I, I I ate two full menus plus some extra. Uh, extras and and I, I never enjoyed such a food uh, in my life before better and uh, and I said yeah so so it was for nothing and and uh, uh, like uh, now we, we have to just just uh, change something the system of the controls in the in the team but but uh, this brainstorming was done the first brainstorming was done in in uh, in such a such a restaurant when I made very big mistake or, or uh, fold or whatever in my diet uh, diet system. But uh, yeah, I was very disappointed. So I actually needed this. And, uh, and uh, again, like I said, like uh, even though it was that painful, it was just experience and we managed to throw away everything and just being considered for the, for the next, next race. And we knew already that we, we can fly fast. That we can find the, the best trajectory, and uh, and it just just had to sit down a little bit and and uh, and starting the next race. I don't know where was it. Uh, maybe Chiba. We were third, and then three wins in a row, and and suddenly we were on on the on, in the lead of the of the field. So it sounds like you had a, a great review process there. Like any high-performing team, you got to you got to review what happened, what didn't happen, what should we do better. So sitting in the restaurant enjoying some food, your yeah. mind's clicking. Actually, <laughs> yeah, actually, Peter Francis he made a very very good uh, political uh, decision because mm -hmm. I was really really angry and and uh, as as a team manager, I uh, I wanted to solve it like immediately on site on the eraser board. And he was amazing political. Uh, he had like this political uh, uh, advice, let's say, or he said like, you know, have, now we, we have we have like uh, like red eyes and and uh, and it's everything is too fresh. I will I will find out find out like what happened. Uh, I will send you the report, and then we'll we'll solve it like how to, how to do it. Because otherwise, I would probably kill him. And uh, and uh, and I, I calmed down. I ate some some 
some uh, some junk food and so on. So so uh, it was uh, yeah a good decision to solve it uh, a few days later uh, with calm head and and uh, and uh, yeah it was much better uh, way how to solve the whole situation. So it sounds like uh, you also enjoy your food day. You know, there's another story about this: is that typically uh, it seems to be more common in men than in women. But uh, you know, if you get if you get hungry and things start bugging you a little bit, you can't contain it as much as if you weren't hungry. And certainly, if you're on this very restrictive diet, you must have been hungry, and then you get upset. They call that hangry, hungry and angry combined. So you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get some cheeseburgers and sort that out. <laughs> Yeah, I was really, really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now, I want to ask you a little bit. Uh, we, we're coming up to the last couple of questions here. It's been such a wonderful chat. Time's gone fast. Martin, you know, as a Red Bull athlete, as the Red Bull team, uh, now that the, the new championship has all been announced and there's a lot of excitement that's in the air, we want to kick off next year, looking forward to next season as it begins World Championship Air Race. Are you conflicted at all? What are your thoughts about Red Bull being very close to Red Bull? You're still going to be a Red Bull team, but now it's uh, it's now a World Championship Air Race. What are your thoughts on uh, on what was and how good it was? Because people celebrate the World Champs Air Race. Uh, sorry, the Red Bull Air Race. Red Bull's now stepped away. What are your thoughts on on the Red Bull involvement in the sort of team level now competing in World Champs Air Race? Uh... I'm actually, first of all, I'm very proud uh, being a Red Bull athlete because because they I love you know how they do things, how they help uh, on the different uh, areas uh, to people which uh, which need the help and and uh, it's yeah, yeah it's actually, actually very easy to be proud because because it's simply great brand and uh, mm-hmm. and after after all the history of the of the Red Bull Aries, it's I think it's it's natural uh, for Red Bull and and for World Championship Aries to to be even though it's not Red Bull Aries anymore, but to be somehow connected because yeah. because simply Red Bull bring the sport to the world, okay. uh, developed the sport, uh, invested a lot of money into the sport, and now there's there's such a base and 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 millions of of fans. And and so it's simply just kind of natural for me, uh, even though it's not Red Bull Aries anymore, for Red Bull to to have some team uh, in the in the sport and be still very close to to such amazing motorsport. So I'm um, yeah, hopefully uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'll be very proud and and uh, to be to be a Red Bull team again, and and uh, hopefully it will happen, and uh, so on. So so yeah. Yeah. So the, the the new model with World Championship Air Race is that you have a team that races and the team has a pilot. But uh, how it was before, the pilot was the team. Now there can be a team, whether you're flying or not, in, in a few years' time, maybe you don't want to fly anymore. Maybe by then your brother Joseph has his license and he wants to race. He can be the pilot exactly. in the team. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the on the team process of, uh, of this new World Championship Air Race? Uh, yeah, this is... Uh... I like the uh, such a scenario when actually uh, some of the of the the race pilots, of course, those with with like good uh, uh, like uh, those pilots which are good managers, of course. So it's it's again like very natural for me if if such a pilot after finishing his career as a as a race a race pilot, he's a become a, a race principal or racing principal 
because he has a tons of experience and uh and it's simply just just wasting of those of that experience just 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 leave the 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 sport leave the series and uh and uh, just talk about the, the the sport somewhere in the in the in the bar in his hometown it's uh, it's much better if he stays in the in the project and uh actually uh help to to new pilot coming into the the sport with all his experience uh all his uh you know managing experience to to just just move everything uh further and and make the, the life easier for for the for the the new race pilot so yeah actually uh, like it very much and uh very happy for for example Matthias Doller that he's like a team principal that all his experience as a as a world champion and uh and uh, from all the, the the years he spent in the in the regularies he's it will still still keep there in his team but just just uh Flo B will be his his race pilot and and I'm actually very looking forward to to watch him watch his team how this will work and how how successful he will be and so on so but yeah it's a, it's a it's a brilliant uh, scenario that is good well i, I have a last couple of questions for you uh, martin so you you in your career you've flown lots of different types of airplanes and uh, and uh, this question really is a, a bit of a, a left field kind of question you know, there's there's some airplanes you see there in a the distance, and uh, and they look nice, and they, and you know that if you were to jump into them, they fly nicely. What are what's an aircraft that you previously thought was not such a great looking or or didn't have <laughs> high aspirations for it, but when you got in and flew it, it was surprisingly nice. What aircraft that you flew uh, has the surprising or surprised you in a good way? Normally, actually. Uh, 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 the theory which works is good-looking airplane is is uh, like very good uh, flying airplane, but uh, or in in flying, but uh, but vice versa. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, there's a there's a, a checkmate ultralight uh, named Sluka, which is a super light, uh, uh, just just fabric and few tubes. Connected to to uh, kind of shape of of a small airplane, single seat airplane, super light, and uh, and it looks like it's 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 barely can fly or reach uh, uh, some some uh, safe altitude for for just being able to fly from point A to point B. And actually, when I flew the airplane, it, I was surprised how how amazing the airplane is, how fun, how much. With such an airplane, so so this is definitely one of, the, one of them. And from the like uh, like a widely known airplanes, uh, I don't know. I, I don't like. Uh, no, I don't have. I I have to say, like I don't have uh, like a such experience that that uh, I would be surprised, like. Uh, because when some airplanes, some airplanes when looked like like uh, it will fly not very nicely, unfortunately I was right after that, and <laughs> and it was not a very good airplane. <laughs> and uh, but I like your answer about the Sluka, and that's great. Thank you so much. Sluka, yes, that's it's it's one of the cases like when I was really surprised how great airplane it is. Oh, that's good. Okay, and your um, 
at the end of the race, race weekend's over, you uh, can zip down your overall a bit, let your hair down, relax a bit, the, the racing's over. What's your favorite post-race food? What's your go-to meal at the end of the race? <laughs> uh, after racing Khan, it was the, the, the fast food. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I, I like very much the, the Czech traditional uh, um, cuisine or meals. Uh, like, uh, like we, we cook dumplings quite a lot and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, many different things, which I, I, I don't even know how to, to uh, call them in English. And, uh, and uh, I love sushi a lot. Mm -hmm. So we always enjoy uh, every race in, in Japan and we spend like uh, more or less every, every evening having a, sitting in, a, in some restaurants eating a very good sushi. Mm -hmm. And uh, another very good sushi is actually in, in the hometown of, uh, of our uh, technician, Lance Winter. He's from, from Arizona, from Phoenix, and, and we know there are very good uh, sushi restaurant there. Okay, good. And uh, and also Italian food. I actually, I actually, I'm actually a food lover. So I I love to eat uh, a lot. So <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and I'm very actually happy that I'm not gaining uh, too much weight after that. That my metabolism is very quick. So uh, I can do so to, to eat a lot uh, with uh, not gaining uh, that much extra weight. So yeah, Italian, Czech, traditional, of course, uh, sushi, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes, uh, but yeah, like sometimes Mexican, for example. I like, like many different uh, types of food, actually. Okay, that sounds good. Well, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. I've enjoyed the time. All the best with your team and racing and as it un uh, unveils itself, the 2022 World Championships Air Race. And we hope to see more podiums from you in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for your invitation and can't wait the uh, 2022 season. See you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm excited to have you on this journey with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and remember to subscribe to the show to catch weekly episodes so that you can build your high-performance team.